between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. Amen. Our Lord Jesus, this is our sincere feeling towards you. We just worship you and honor you. We just bless your holy name. We thank you. Thank you. We thank you. Thank you for your blessings, even for the kindness of your heart. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for choosing to stand in that place, to take that place which no man could take that place for us thank you lord jesus you whoever lives to make intercession for us sit at the right hand of the majesty on high before your father constantly 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 interceding interceding on our behalf causing mercy to flow from the depth of the father to us Jesus we just worship you and we bless your name in Jesus name Holy Spirit of the Living God thank you for the joy of your presence thank you for bringing even the presence of divinity even the presence of the God of God even the Father and even the aroma of the Son even his spirit even his fragrance releasing his fragrance even into our heart thank you Holy Spirit of the living God we worship you we acknowledge you thank you for such a season of the spirit such a time of the spirit thank you for times of great visitation of great impartation thank you for season of your movement upon the hearts of men thank you Holy Spirit of the living God we bless you we worship you tonight thank you father we thank you father of lights father of light and father of spirit our own father the father of our heart and of our soul we worship you tonight we bless your holy name tonight we thank you for giving us knowledge knowledge to see you a little so we can worship you we worship you in all your holiness in all your consecration in all your separation oh father Blessed Father, beautiful Father, wonderful Father, excellent Father, glorious Father, we give praise to your name tonight. We worship you. We glorify your name. We honor your name. We bless your holy name. We lift up your name, Jesus. We thank you. Thank you for tonight. We are submitted to you again. We have come again not that any man should speak to us but that you will feast with us thank you because of this table which you have prepared in the spirit this beautiful table which you will feast of tonight thank you as we begin to key into the frequency of the spirit as we begin to key into that wavelength from which blessing will flow tonight as you're helping every heart to connect and to sit at this table I thank you we look to your face you from whom blessing flows 
We look to your face for blessing and for food tonight. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that is in this place that will help us to access the word, that will help us to find truth and to find pasture for every soul tonight. Thank you for even the skill that will come, that will come from the spirit, the skill of division, the skill of searching, the ability to search, even to search out the depths of God, even to reveal the very depths of God. Thank you, our Father. My Lord, I bring my vessel under you. Again, I bring my vessel under you. I pray that just take this vessel again the way you take it and use it again, how you want to use it. And I ask God that you will fashion my thought, my mind, my imagination, even my speech, my language, my articulation, and even the movement of my heart. Flood my heart with your spirit. Lord, to align with you, to say what you have to say, and to paint the picture which you want to paint tonight. Thank you, our Father. We give all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. <clears throat> Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Um, good evening, everybody. God bless you. Um, please welcome somebody. Just you can stretch, extend your hand to your right and to your left and greet someone this evening. Say, I'm glad to see you. Tell them I love your smile. I love the way you're smiling today. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad to be back. Um, Um, can we just go into the word tonight? Thank you, Father. Um, how many of us were blessed at School of the Spirit? Okay. Do you still remember what, the, what was the theme of School of the Spirit? The living soul. Oh, we still remember the theme. Okay. <laughs> All right. We thank God for blessing us so much. Um, that was such a wonderful um, convocation. Um, the Spirit, I, I hope we still have all the blessings yeah. from that uh, school of the Spirit. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, the Lord will be building on a lot of things um, that was said at the school of the Spirit. And we also thank God for the emphasis we've had this month. This month now, or last month? Okay. That's January. Uh, emphasis on um, foundational things. Praise God. Um, and we went, I think we went really, really down, really low to the beginning of the beginning of foundation, which is the milk of the word. Praise God. Uh, I want to thank my, God for my wife again and Ratulu who were able to help us um, navigate um, different thoughts around the milk of the word. Praise the Lord. Um, so we will, I think we will just see how God takes us. Um, when they began to speak about the milk of the world, I now began to see a lot of things that you can teach milk for for years and not exhaust milk. Praise God. You can teach milk for what? For years and not exhaust milk of the world. And I also realized that 
you're not supposed to st- you're never supposed to stop to stop drinking milk. Praise God. Even physically, you don't stop drinking milk when you are when you become an adult. Many of us still drink milk. Unless you're maybe lactose tolerant, but even if you're lactose tolerant, you can also find lactose free or something. <laughs> Praise God. You can't replace milk. Really. Amen. Amen. So because milk has its it has its unique unique combination of things that are healthy. They are, they are, it's very, very important for the formation of certain things within a person. And that's how it is in the spiritually that um, there are things that must be kept healthy on the inside of us, that if those things are not kept healthy, you, won't, you will, be, will, um, will begin to find difficulty in our carriage of the things that the preparation of milk of the world is supposed to give us. Praise the Lord. So we're going to be drinking milk. We will not just drink milk. We'll also be, we'll be doing milk. We'll be drinking milk and be what? We'll be drinking milk. We'll be also doing milk. Uh, you now realize that many of us, some of the things that the milk of the world was supposed to deal with, some of those things are still standing. You know, so God is not going to push them aside. He has a, he has a remedy for, for those things. Praise God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Are you excited tonight? Are you guys? I'm just checking. I'm just checking. This is 2022. I'm just checking if you are still excited about the word of God. I don't know. (laughs) Praise the Lord. I'm just checking. Let me check how excited we are still. Are you still interested in this? uh... (laughs) Praise God. Because it's getting sweeter. The, the words, the, the sayings of the Lord, amen, the thoughts. Uh, amen, the Bible says that words fitly spoken as apples of gold in settings of silver. Like the Lord is crystallizing the thoughts. The thoughts of, the thoughts of, of his life and the thoughts of everlasting life are becoming more beautiful, more awesome, more wholesome, sorry, more wonderful. Amen. And we thank God for so much investment that has been done. By God through his servant, uh, Reverend Kayode Oyeguki, who's the, the, the apostle that the Lord has sent to, to help us to unearth truth in this dimension. Father, we thank you. Amen. Um, I, I want us to just read, let's just see um, from, um, let's just open the book of Hebrews. Let's see Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 6. Thank you, Father. Amen. Glory to you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you. Hebrews chapter 6, amen. Or let's see chapter 5 first. Hebrews 5. Um, let's read from verse... Um, let's see. Verse 9, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. Or verse 8, let's see verse 8. It says that though he were a son, that was speaking concerning Jesus, praise God, that though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered, praise God, and being made perfect, that he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that do what? That obey him. So Jesus, being made perfect, became the author of 
eternal word, salvation, unto them that word, unto them that obey him. So you see the obedience um, is his obedience. Jesus has the credibility that he has or the, the right that he has to demand obedience is because he first obeyed. That's just what Paul was trying to make them see from verse 8 and verse 9. If you go to verse 8, it says that though he were a son, that yet lend he obedience by the word things which he suffered. So he learned obedience. And then being made perfect, of course, his perfection wasn't, you can't separate his perfection from his, the obedience that he did. That his obedience resulted in perfection. You see that verse 8 and verse 9 are connected. You see that semicolon there means that it's not a finished thought, that the thought is flowing into the next verse. And you see the word and at the beginning of the next verse. So praise God. So he, he learned obedience by the things which he suffered and being made perfect. So obedience led him to perfection. Praise God. And being made perfect, then he all, then became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. So it's in the process of being made perfect that he authored something. Right? He in the process of being made perfect, which is the process of his obedience, he was authoring a curriculum of obedience. That he was not obeying just for himself, but he was obeying so that other people who can obey like him can come into the same place where his obedience led him into. Amen. So being made perfect, he became the author. So there's a way that you author things in the spirit. Amen. There's a way that you do what? You author things in the spirit. Um, when it came to things pertaining to the salvation of man, salvation had to be authored. It was not always there. It wasn't something. Salvation is not something that was in the hand of God to just give at any time. It wasn't like God waited all these thousands of years and said, no, I'm not giving it to these guys. I don't like them. I'm going to wait for some time, and then I will just give salvation. No. Actually, salvation, what Jesus was searching for, he was searching for a kind of a man who can author the path in the spirit to come, in, in, to come into salvation. Praise God. As I'm teaching, I'm going to be, by God's grace, I'm not going to rush things. Um, I know many of us are waiting to devour some things, you know, you want to, <laughs> praise God, you're hungry for doctrine and for, praise the Lord, some of us have been drinking milk, they're okay, we want to, to eat meat now, I understand, praise God. Um, <laughs> and there are some guys who are like, I just like this milk, leave me in this milk, please, I really don't bring all those things, all those other things to me, Amen. Um, but I just sense in my heart that there's a need to, to still speak in more, with more clarity and with more detail about some of the basic and the fundamental things upon which heaven is building more weightier thoughts, which they want to, they want, you know, they want to give, put weight in men. That's one of the things that heaven is doing now, which is that 
I would not want men to be simple anymore. Because the days of simple men on the earth are gone. Simple men are the days of simplicity. Because darkness is no longer simple. <laughs> right? There used to be a time when being an unbeliever was simple. Just not being a Christian, being a pagan was a very simple something. But now it's not simple anymore. That men have journeyed into complexity of darkness. And men have gone into corners and searched out wickednesses that have been, that before are abominations. We mentioned, you know what, before, years ago or decades ago. So there is a, there's a constant desolation that's ongoing and is to make, to make men advanced in darkness. It's a push from the kingdom of darkness to make men not babies in darkness. They want to make sure that men are not babies in wickedness, that men are actually strong and advanced and sophisticated in darkness. Praise God. So any Christian who just wants to be simple, man, man, maybe, I don't know. You should have prayed for God to give birth to you in the 1920s or something, or some centuries ago, not, not in a time when monsters are walking on the earth. Praise God. <laughs> so this is it's not time. This is a time for the Lord to put in, the, there's, there's the sophistication of righteousness. Right, that righteous, it's time for righteous people to be sophisticated. Praise God. And sophistication, not just in cerebral thought. We're talking about sophistication in being. Sophistication in, when I say understanding, I'm talking about spiritual understanding. That understanding that spirit can, because the sophistication being done in men is actually a work of evil spirits. Uh, praise God. Tamashiha Tosca. Thank you. Amen. The, the sophistication is an installation in men. Praise God. Like the evolution of computers. There was a time where computers can only add and subtract. And when you see giant machines, they can only add and subtract. Praise God. Amen. If you study the history of computers, you will laugh. You will laugh so much. You won't believe it. And not too long ago, just a few dec- decades ago, if, a few decades ago, someone wants to do a simple arithmetic. They have to go into one giant room. Maybe the room where they store computers can be as big as this. You see one giant machine is just trying to just do simple arithmetic. They just, you know what I mean? But right now, a simple device like my phone can, can do what? They've compressed, <laughs> they compressed what? Capacity. In, in eventually a very small form to, and a lot of sophistication. That's what the spirits want to do to men. They want to make men haters of God. Men who have the ability to hate God. Amen. And not hate God anyhow. To hate God with reasons and argument and logic. Men who are full, who have a, whose arsenal is full with excuses, explanation, reasonings, thoughts against, against faith and against God. Praise the Lord. So that's the wisdom of, of spirit. So God also has his own wisdom. And God can also make men, like I said, sophisticated in righteousness. Amen. So I, I pray none of us will be weary to receive, to, to pursue God and to, to receive everything that he has to say. Amen. So, so Jesus authored 
He all thought salvation. This is not my main thought here, but I just felt my heart move to that verse to just to speak about it. Uh, Jesus authored salvation, but salvation is not the only thing he authored. Before he authored faith, he also he authored salvation, he also authored faith. Those are the two things which Jesus authored according to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse, from verse 1, amen. It says, wherefore, seeing we also are, com- are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, right, that let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, Looking unto Jesus, the author and who? The finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is then what? Set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Now, in Hebrews chapter 12, because they flowed in from chapter 11, they were, they were speaking from the, from the standpoint or the aspect of faith. They were extraying the lens, with the lenses of the spirit. They were trying to raise up the track record, amen, and the, the record of faith and the legacy of faith which men had accumulated upon the earth. And then they flowed into the thought and the conversation concerning Jesus, who was also an author of another faith, which is better than the faith of the patriarchs, which they mentioned in chapter 11. Praise God. So, so it's still the same, the same Jesus, but in chapter 12, they picked about one thing which he authored by his, the process. Now, the process they are describing in Hebrews chapter 12 f- from verse 1 and 2 is the same process as learning obedience by the thing which he suffered. Let's go back. So you're seeing authoring, how authoring of things in the spirit came. Amen. In chapter 5, from verse, verse 7, or if you, want, if you want to go back to verse, 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 verse 7, yes, it says, that who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications, with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from dead, right, and was heard in that he feared. And though he were his son, yet learned he obedience, by the things which he suffered, and being made perfect, he then became the author of eternal word, salvation. So they were talking about the obedience, and which is tied to the suffering, the things which he had to suffer. Then in chapter, praise God, in chapter 12 from verse 1, he says that wherefore we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is what set before us. The word sin there means disobedience. Right? And verse 2, it says that looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the word finisher of our word, our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is set down at the word 
right hand of, of the throne of God. So it's the same process of Jesus suffering things and then he became authors, the author of two things. From chapter 5, they were looking at what Jesus authored from the aspect of salvation. In chapter 12, they were looking at it from the aspect of faith. When you, when you actually balance them with light of the scripture and of the spirit, you know that Jesus became the author of faith and then the finisher of faith. And then based on that, after that operation, he then became the author of eternal salvation. Because eternal salvation, faith is the foundation upon which eternal salvation will rest. Praise God. What did I say? Faith is what? Faith is the foundation upon which what? Upon which eternal salvation will rest. Faith. Say faith. Praise God. Now, the problem with these Hebrews, this Hebrew church, was they had not actually, they didn't do very well with the curriculum of faith. They didn't do too well with what? The curriculum of faith. So when the gospel of salvation was coming to them, they couldn't receive it. They couldn't receive the gospel of what? Salvation. Anybody who doesn't do well with the curriculum of faith will have problem with the curriculum of salvation. Now when I say salvation, of course we all know, but I feel the need to explain everything I'm saying um, today. Praise God. That salvation here is not talking about the saving of, our, of your spirit man. It's talking about the saving of your soul. In fact, the reason why God saves the spirit of any man is to save his soul. That's the only reason for salvation. Now, if God saves a man in his spirit and it ends there, now you can celebrate that salvation. But when that man comes to God, God says, this man is, thank God, he's saving his spirit. But this man is actually useless to me. That I, I cannot, and that's the problem we celebrated in the church, a lot of celebration around the salvation of our spirit man, but we forgot that there's actually an aspect of man, which is the functional aspect of a human being, is actually the soul of the person. So the use of the person, the price, say price, price, that the price of a person is not attached to your spirit. Your price is attached to your soul. The price of a soul, of a person, in the spirit, is the soul they attach it to. What shall it profit a man to gain the whole world? And they say lose his spirit. No, not losing the spirit. In fact, Satan is okay with killing somebody on the earth and make sure you don't have time to, to walk on your soul. Even if you are a Christian, let's just kill him and let him go to heaven like that. Because he knows when you meet God, God will say, ah, well... Um, <laughs> praise God. I don't know if it's God, because God might not even see such a person. I mean, somebody who hasn't measured any salvation of the soul, somebody who is just a Christian, born again. But when you check the soul, when you open up the soul, you don't see, you don't see spiritual substances. You don't see spiritual nature. 
You don't see love. When I say love, I mean love. Love means the attraction, pull, desire, the will, appetite, understanding, knowledge, awareness of the things that God thinks about, things that he cares about. His soul can be born again, but empty of those things and void of those things. And when his soul comes to God, he doesn't even come to God. You can't come to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. So that's why the salvation of the soul is important. What will it profit a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? And what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So Satan, praise God, let our eyes ought to be open now. Amen. In, our, in Christianity, John in as Christians, we have to have so much wisdom. Satan can raise an evangelist and empower him. I'm talking, not talking of God now. Raise an evangelist and empower him and send him out to do what? Go and win. We call it winning souls, but it's not souls. <laughs> you, know, you cannot win souls on crusade ground. What happens on crusade ground is the raising of spirits. Whose soul should be won through process over time. Praise God. So that's why even in ministry, sometimes the devil can, the devil can even foil ministry. When he knows that this ministry is... A ministry can be working against the salvation of souls. Amen. Amen. Any ministry who is centered around giving souls profit. Or any ministry that says, okay, what we want, we want, what we can give you is the world. Now, they won't say it that way. People don't say it that way. <laughs> right? They don't say it that way. They just, it's just that when they, the promise behind the, the whole thing, when you really get down to it, when it really comes down to the, when it comes down to it, what is the promise behind what the offering? If it's the things of this world, are you getting? Are you seeing? Are you seeing what I'm saying? And it's not. It's not just men want, wanting to do evil. It's just that men are just are just ignorant. It's just that men are just too simple, minded concerning the things of the spirit. So, and any every everywhere there is simplicity concerning the things of the spirit, evil spirits come and take over. They fill that void. They they fill evil spirits. They feel the need. They have, they have a mission to train men and to raise people in their way of thinking and in their way of reason, which is raising people against God, against the vision and the, the goal and the plan of God. Praise the Lord. Are you saying, so what will it profit the man to gain the whole world and lose it? So it means that any, any kind of operation on the earth or thing on the earth that promises to give you the world but cannot give the soul what the things that God wants to what, give the soul. Such a thing is not, it is working against the purposes of God or the purposes of what? Of heaven. 
Amen. Now, it takes light to unveil such things, right? So, so you see that salvation, when we talk of salvation, we are talking about the process. Say salvation. Salvation. Salvation, salvation is an extension for a continuous process, right? But from salvation, the word salvation comes from being saved, right? To be saved. And then being saved comes from the word being safe. Safe. Safety. Something for something to be safe. So when you think about salvation, and then think about a human being being safe, the soul of a person being safe, you don't need too much doctrine and revelation. You know that it can happen in one day. That, Lord Jesus, I believe you, I give my heart to you, and I love you, and I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you raised from the dead, come into my heart, I confess all my sins. In Jesus' name, I'm saved. The Spirit of God is, the Spirit of the person is raised up. But the person is not saved, according to the New Testament. Now, there are times when they use saved, like Romans chapter 8, but that's salvation. What is saved at that prayer? Is the spirit of the man that is saved. Do you agree with what I'm saying? Yes, because at that moment, the spirit is raised from the dead with Christ. That's Christ. That spirit becomes Christ itself. Do you get what I'm trying to say? But after that person is saved, the Holy Ghost now had need to write a whole giant book like this called the Bible. Right? Paul now had to, had to labor, preaching, preaching. After he's preaching and preaching, he will now travel to somewhere else. Then he will now he will begin to write letters back again to the people he has ministered to concerning things of doctrine. Are you getting what I'm saying? Laboring. What's the labor for? It's not laboring for their spirits. Their spirits have been saved a long time ago. Is that the labor of Christianity is for the salvation of the souls of Christians. Are you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, sir. The purpose of Christianity, the, the mission, or the one say mission of Christianity on the earth is not to make people Christians. Making people, unbelievers, Christians is the work of the Holy Spirit cooperating with men on the earth who we can witness to. And you find that a lot of times, Holy Ghost might not even need men at all. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Someone can just be taking a stroll and taking a walk and then get to Banff National Park and just looks at the mountains and look at the sky and just break down and start crying. And then remembers every his Sunday school from childhood. I say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. And he's born again. That's just the Holy Spirit at work. The strangest things have gotten people born again. You get what I'm trying to say. So, so that thing, and that thing will happen, it will begin to happen even more and more and more and more and more on the, on the earth. Now, of course, God sends men, evangelists, and people like that who, can, who are anointed even in the fivefold ministry, and even also Christians in your natural conversation. You can, you can witness by your lifestyle and all of that, and God can use that to bring in people to the church. But the purpose of the church is not to get people born again. It's not to get unbelievers saved. 
Am I saying the church will not evangelize? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that that is not the purpose, the essence of the church. If that was the goal of the church, in every letter that Paul is writing, you'll be seeing it there. Chapter 1, go and win souls. Chapter 2, win more souls. Chapter 3, win even more souls. Chapter 4, keep on winning souls. Chapter 5, just keep winning. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Then chapter 6, the end. Praise God. (laughs) Because that's what you, you would think that after Paul has established a church, maybe in Ephesus and Corinth and all of those places, that all they need to do is just be winning souls, expanding the kingdom, getting people in. Yeah. That, that, that when he's writing to Timothy, Timothy, son Timothy, how many souls have you won this year? <laughs> Titus, have you, have you been slacking in your evangelistic ministry? You're no longer bringing people in. I heard that the church is no longer... No, 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 that's not what... Now, now, how do you perceive what is the purpose of the church? How do you perceive it? You perceive it through the, the, the sense you get from the letters written to the churches. These are the epistles. The letters written to Christians gives you the sense of eff- emphasis of the purpose of Christianity. In other words, what should Christians be, be busy doing? What is the, is the business, the business of Christians? The business of Christians is the saving of their soul. That's the work. That's why you were saved. That's why the new birth is a calling. When you got born again, the Lord walked towards you supernaturally. The Holy Spirit found you and called you from the grave and raised you up and gave you a mandate. Save this soul. I want to use this soul. I need this soul. He gave you a calling and a mandate. It's not to win the earth for him. Not to win the world for him. It's a mandate for yourself. You see, this is your soul. This is your soul. Keep it. And then fight all the war you need to fight in this wicked world to save this soul. And make sure that when I need to use this soul, this soul is saved and is safe. When that, Jesus was speaking about Lazarus and the rich man. Remember that. Jesus wasn't, when, what, why was Lazarus approved in Abraham's bosom? It wasn't because Lazarus was born again. Was he born again? I mean, he couldn't have been born again. Jesus hasn't died. Jesus was the one telling the story. There was a certain rich man. <laughs> so you mean Lazarus did not Pray, Lord, I confess my sin. And no, it wasn't that. So it means by many of us, the standard of salvation, Lazarus was not saved. But when they moved out of the present world, there was a, 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 there was a metric, a yardstick, by which they could put one man in hell and take another one somewhere. What was the yardstick? Soul. Look at what he was talking about. Soul. 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 So you mean the problem with the rich man is what did he do with his soul? What he did with his soul upon the earth? Are you getting that? So bringing the advent of Christianity didn't change anything about the calculation of God concerning men. 
It didn't change anything concerning the way they, they approve or disapprove men in the spirit. It's just that the new birth is just an additional help yes. 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 To, to help men to be able to meet that, that requirement of what God requires for man. If you ask, what does God require from you? Is the salvation of your soul. Praise God. Do you get what I'm trying to say? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So that word not perish means should not should be safe. To not perish means to be safe. So perishing is the opposite of salvation. So a soul that is perishing is a soul that is decaying. A decaying soul. What makes a soul decay is what? What? The usage of the soul. What the person does with their own word, with their own soul. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So when, you, when we go to church, why is church instituted? What is the purpose of going to church? When you got born again, going to church and then being in a community of Christians, what is the purpose of that? It's for the salvation of your soul. ultimately salvation. So you see, salvation is really what Jesus all thought. That was the purpose of Jesus coming. It's called eternal salvation. To be eternally saved is the purpose for Jesus' Jesus coming even to the earth. But to authored salvation, but before salvation, he had to alter something called faith. Do you understand what I mean? Faith. That thing called faith. 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 Say faith. Faith. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. That thing called faith is faith is the faith is the facility for life. The Faith is the infrastructure that they install in the soul. Any soul that you want to live, when I say live, I mean live spiritually, you need the facility or the infrastructure of faith on the inside of such a person. In other words, you you can never find spiritual life without faith. Do you agree with that? How many times is it written in the Bible? Almost like five times. The just shall live by faith. As it's written, the just shall live by faith. The just shall live by faith. You live by faith. You live by faith. What does it mean of by faith? You live by faith. Amen. Live by faith. It means life cannot happen without. Life is by faith. Anything that has to do with life. So for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. There's faith included. You might not see it clearly, but you need the doctrine of the New Testament makes it clear that you cannot have life without faith. So, eternal salvation, praise God. Eternal salvation. See, eternal salvation. Eternal salvation is a kind of life, everlasting life, and eternal life. So you now see why that life, if it's a kind of life, if salvation is a life, you now see why it must be sitting 
upon the foundation of faith. Yes. So you now see that when you come to church, when someone just gets born again as a young believer, and you just came to church, now I'm talking about church, how church should be, right? Amen. And it's not too long now you'll see churches. Powerful, awesome, wonderful churches. We just begin to spring up. Even the ones you thought were weak before. Things will just begin to happen. Before you you will know it, they will become power centers upon the earth. What will make them powerful? They will have equip. The equipment, this, this, the ability to do what? To install faith in men. The ability to do what? To install faith. And I'm talking about faith in man. Faith. Faith. The installation of faith. Giving men faith. Giving men what? Faith. I'm talking about faith as a heritage in the soul. Or faith as an inheritance in the soul. Faith as a building in the soul. Faith as a structure within the soul. Then after a while, you see the churches begin to raise beings of salvation. Saved, you begin to find churches with saved people. How do you know a church with saved people? Or how do you know a people are saved? When the world brings all these arguments... And they look at it and examine it and look at everything and then turn the other side and say, look, let's not, let's, let's not waste our time on all this nonsense. What is all this nonsense? That's a sign of salvation, am I correct? But right now, if the world brings you all, all these things to, to many Christians, even, in fact, Christians even take the world. You're not doing this worldliness well. Let's teach you guys how to do it. Amen. <laughs> right now, you see, you see unbelievers. You know, let's not, don't just think about yourself and eat all the money and all the food. Let's take care of the foundation. Let's build a foundation. Take, send money to Africa and all that. No, you see a Christian, they know what you mean. My God, my God, he owns the cattle on the thousand years. <laughs> Praise God. I was born to prosper. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Please don't worry about that. That's part of this, what we're talking about, eh? Spirit. Amen. You don't know what's happening to him right now. Yes. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Amen. So you see Christians are trying to acquire everything without limit. Everything. They want to be everything. You can see an unbeliever that say, no, me, I just like... Um, um, all I just want to do is just be somebody who can maybe in an organization just even if I'm just taking, arranging the books, you know, where the CEOs have meetings, let me just be cleaning the chair for them 
and that's just all I can, I'm interested in. Does he does that, goes home, watches his TV and all that, comes down, he's okay. Amen. But you see a Christian say, no, I should be the seal. Because why? Because my God says, I will be the head and not the tail. <laughs> he has scripture. Amen. You, you know, I always, that thing always puzzles me. You know what I The question that I have, and I want to see this scenario play out, eh? If there are like five Christians in an organization and they, they all say, I must be the head and not the tail. And they say, a lot of them receive prophecy, they should be the seal. So. <laughs> so let's say that they've been praying and God has been answering them and they all. You've all knocked out all the unbelievers. Now left five of them. So who will be the CEO in that scenario? Who is, their, who is their God going to fail? Have you thought about that? <laughs> Praise God. So you see, all those, those things is just worldliness. There's no, it's just the, the things that of this world that you know Christians have taken those things and just. We, we see Christianity as a way to fuel our lusts and to obtain just you know, all of those things on the earth. And it has nothing to do with the purpose of Christianity, which is the salvation of our soul. Instead, we want to spend our soul to get things on the earth. Amen. Praise God. But rather, we were going to be having churches churches like when you go to such churches if you have lost your lost has an expiry date once you once you step in <laughs> once you step in they stamp an expiry date on your lost in the spirit you, you will know you will know amen but there will be so much weight wisdom resources of the spirit word revelation insight to heal lost and pride of men. Amen. We are moving into days of power upon the earth. Season of power. Power. I'm not talking of power of not the kind of power that men are used to. I'm talking about the power of righteousness. The power of uprightness. Amen. We are, we, are, we are moving to the time upon the earth where you have men who have pure desire. What I mean pure? I mean that I mean, men who can have pure desire for their God and don't feel like they need anything else. Now, it doesn't mean they will lack things. Why? Because their God will supply all their needs. Because, because according to the pattern of Scripture, you know what I mean? That, that such people upon the people who will, who will learn, who will consider their soul a thing of great price, knowing whose blood was shed for the purchase of their soul. Men who will make covenant with their heart that my heart will never serve iniquity. That my soul, my soul has been purchased with the precious blood of the Lamb shall be kept holy, blameless. It's not the Bible says it, that you should be kept blameless, both spirit, soul, and body, even unto the appearance of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is that generation of, of, of Psalm chapter 24. 
there is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and all that dwell in it. He has established it upon the sea and upon the flood. So who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who will stand in his holy place? Who, who has a clean hand? He has a clean hand and a, a pure heart. Who are those people who have clean hand and pure heart? Who have not lifted up their soul unto vanity? Nor have sown deceitfully. They will he says they will receive blessing from the Lord. And righteousness from the God of their, what? Of their salvation. See, this is the generation of them that seek him. That seek even thy face. It was describing a generation of them that seek him. Them that seek him. They, do you believe such things will happen upon the earth? Are you seeing? I don't know if you have such a hope. Like for me, when I think about what's the future? What would the future look like? What do I want to see upon the earth? When, I'm looking, when I look at my daughter and I'm seeing a future for her, I don't care about what the world is doing. I don't care about all the inventions and all the things that will be in the world. I don't care whether cars will be flying or cars will be crawling. or I don't care about anything. I'm, I'm, just, I'm seeing that is there a chance that this girl might grow up in, a, in, a, in days of power upon the earth? Is there, is there a time, is there, is there a chance that she will be a partaker of such a generation of, of, of those whose hearts born for the, for the Lord who's, who, have, who have desire in their bones and in their soul seeking for the Lord whose souls who have made covenant with their soul covenant means agreement, a settlement of this life what will my life be used for upon the earth you know, you know this let me tell you guys something, this is a day of throwing caution to the wind eh those who seek, who seek after, who pursue iniquity, they've thrown caution to the wind. How do you know they've thrown caution to the wind? They've broken. We are the ones who are trying to be logical and nice and clean and everything. No, they don't shout too much. Ah, all that Holy Ghost, put it a little, do it small, little by little, you know, speak in tongues just a little, you know, then, then, and then you, you know, you don't. Don't just be rash anyhow. Talk, no, no. Package yourself. Be logical. Think. Accurate and everything. Think well. Be articulate. You are the one who is like that. The world has, has gone. People are crazy now. Logic has even left the, 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 the conversation. Men don't even think anymore. This is, a, this is a time where men roll full steam with how they feel. If I feel it is correct, it's right. <laughs> you say, no, 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 but... Uh, for thousands of years, science has proven that uh, this earth... Uh, what do you mean by science? <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? So, we're no longer in a logical world, eh? It's not a, nice, it's not a time for Christians to be nice. It's time for Christians to be rugged. Spiritually rugged. Unapologetic. The things of the spirit. If, if the world can be crazy about their things, why can't you be crazy about your own things?
Thank you, Jesus. Presta para nos capristo sibra. Nasta promastia prado si Thank you, Father. Si pala mananashi kala barosa. El lapra hate venosi kala mananosi kele menata. El livra manika prahate meki. I make you, 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 I am making, generate making, making. I make my man, making my man. I am 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 making and raising my man. I am raising, raising, raising. This is the time. This is the time that I have come and I have come and I have come. I have come for to raise my man. My man. My man on earth. Men shall be like me on earth. It is the time where men will no longer be ashamed. They would endure the shame. They will endure the despise. They will put it to back and they would raise like me on earth. They would walk like me on earth. Yes. They will see beauty. Yes. Beauty. The earth is beginning to see beauty. Yes. The earth will then know what true beauty is. Yes. It is that time that I am raising my men Thank who will you. know true beauty. For this is the time of beauty. Yes. It is the time of beauty. Oh, thank you, this Jesus. is the time of beauty. Thank you, I am raising beautiful men on earth. I am raising beautiful men on earth. There is so much potential for beautiful men to come up. I am raising beautiful men. I am raising beautiful men. Men who know nothing but me. Men who see nothing but me. Men who seek after nothing but me. Men who would not even go to their bed, but all they want to do is seek me. All they want to see is me. They will not even give sleep to their eye because they are longing for me. I am raising my men. I am putting things in men. I am beautifying the earth by my men. I am beautifying the earth by my men. I am raising my men. This is that time that you leave everything and seek the only thing that matters says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Amen. There are some people who might who might hear this and say, ah, you have been too fanatical. Why are you being too fanatical? about all these things, you know? So Christianity is just a simple something, you know, just do it, go to church, you know, read your Bible and all that, and, and then be a serious individual. Amen. Um, amen. Well, I don't know what to say to such, such a person. Praise God. Sometimes those conversations comes from too much regard for this world. This world is useless. This world is, if I don't, <laughs> if I'm not crazy about God, what should I be crazy about? Is it school? Is it work? Is it what? It's not in here. This world is a place where you, you spend all your life, your decades. If you go after things here, on the deathbed in old age, when all the strength is gone, you feel wretched and empty. There's nothing, there's nothing you can even enjoy beyond a, a short moment. Any, everything is fading away. When they give you something right now, that's so wow, wonderful, by next tomorrow, it doesn't feel that way anymore. There's nothing that's so beautiful. But, but, but when you find a, 
when you find a treasure, amen, when you find a treasure, there's no thought, there's no pure thought of God that doesn't get glorious every, every day. That doesn't get more glorious. There's no thought about him. There's no revelation, no insight of his nature. There's, no, there's nothing you see in God, and when you come and look again, you don't see it better. Are you get what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Amen. And this is the beauty of God. God is not calling men to sow their life to a futile thing. God is, God is, I love that scripture that says that, you see, this godliness that we are pursuing is, actually has a profit in both this life and in that which is to come. It means that you can live, in the, you can live gloriously upon the earth by what, what you behold. What you behold. If I spend a whole day thinking about work, by the end of the day I'm tired and I'm, I'm drained and, I've, and I, I find what I've, I've been taking more weight, more cares, more worry, more, amen. Amen. But if I spend a day thinking about God, what happens to my soul? I feel full. I feel refreshed. I feel increased. I feel glorious on the inside. You know, you can fill your days with glory upon the earth. Fill your day. That's what the Lord wants to do. God is a good God. God knows what, it, what men should spend their life doing. He knows what kind of life you live on the earth. That when you are, it's time to go over, you know, ah, I lived well. I lived well in this earth. And, you know, and guess what? That's just the beginning. Because you know, glory continues on the other side. Amen. But, but, now, but other people who are not of this persuasion will go after everything. But when they gather everything, they check it and wait like Solomon. It says it's vexation of spirit. All is vanity. You feel more sad the more you have. And then when it gets to the end of life, you know, it's there's nothing waiting for you because you are not sown into the spirit. It's not going to be your portion. I don't know, maybe today is just like a motivation. I feel like I'm talking like you. I'm giving you spiritual, <laughs> spiritual motivation. <laughs> anyway, see, I'm, I have a new zeal right now. I have, a fresh, I have a fresh zeal and a fresh motive and a fresh intention about my God and about my Lord. I have weighed, I've checked my, my life, I've taken stock, I've taken count, I've checked everything, and, I've, and I've res- I've, I, have, I have resolved even more. Even more. What am I going to do in my 30s? I've made a decision, I don't know about you. My 40s, my 50s, my 60s. Why? Because, I mean, because his, his thoughts are becoming more beautiful. Thoughts concerning him, thoughts of him are becoming more beautiful. As the earth is becoming more useless and worthless, when you look into the spirit, you see so much treasure and so much riches. If you are sincere with yourself, nothing can enrich you but God. Anything in this world you try to get to enrich yourself with will steal from your soul. You can, you can surround your, your heart, with your, your life with things, but your soul becomes leaner and weaker. Amen. But I've chosen to go after the enrichment of my soul. And I'm willing to spend my life and my days for it. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God for Jesus who, who even modeled such a life. Who modeled such a time. Who sold his lifetime upon the earth. Said who for the joy that was set before him according to um, Hebrews chapter 12. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is now set at the right hand of God. Amen. So we're looking at this eternal salvation, praise God, which, which our high priest authored. Amen. He says, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. I love this word. I don't know if you believe it. This is the scripture. It's not unto all them who confess his name and got born again. Because many have done that but never obeyed him. So, some, it means if somebody got born again but never obeyed the Lord, it means that that person can't come out and say, I have eternal salvation. It means then that being born again is not eternal salvation. That it is, he authored it by obedience. And what he authored was actually a path, a pattern of obedience. That is all of them who obey him that will become what that will come into this was salvation. So the, the purpose of raising Christians, you see, I, I divided these things into faith, then salvation. Faith, then what? Salvation. Praise God. Let's go on now. In, uh, in verse 10, it says, Call of God and high priest, that's Jesus, after the order of Melchizedek, praise God, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be altered, seeing that ye are dull of hearing, as these people were dull of hearing. For when, for the time, you ought to be teachers, that you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the word, of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, and not of what? Strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Praise God. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to do what? To discern both what? Good and, and evil. Amen. So you've read this. Um, they're speaking about milk, the meat, and the word, strong meat of the word here. The meat is here, even though they didn't say meat here, but meat is actually here. If you read it well, you will see. Praise God. The time when you ought to be teachers, you have need, I won't teach you again, which will be the first principles of the oracles of God. Then I'll become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So they have need, they become such as have need of milk. They become such as have need of milk. But instead of needing strong meat, they are needing milk. It means that milk is not their main estate. Neither is strong meat their main, um, their main food. But they are in a place where they should be desiring strong meat, but they are desiring milk. Where is that place? It's the meat of the world. It means the food at their level was they are coming to a place where they should come into, into fullness and maturity of handling the meat of the world. And they should begin to now have need for the strong meat of the world. But rather, something wicked happened to them that made them begin to now desire what? 
the milk of the world. Now, when you read this thing, someone can read it and say, so milk is bad, you shouldn't desire milk. No, no. They are talking about these people, praise God, who instead of having the need of strong meat, they now had need of milk. For everyone that uses milk, so he's talking about the use. Use. Everyone that uses milk is unskillful in what? The word of righteousness. For he is a babe. Praise the Lord. So this thing called the use, say use. There's difference between what you are eating and what you are using. Do you get what I'm saying? There's difference between what you are eating and what, and what you are using. Now, when it comes to milk, you never stop eating milk. You never stop drinking milk. You should never stop drinking milk. But at every person, every soul has what they are using. So what you use is what you have, is what you have become abundant in. You've abundant, you become abundant in it to a point where you have got into the utility of it. It's become useful to you. The purpose of any food is to make it become useful. Right? Now, for something to become useful, it means that it has done a lot of its work inside what? Inside the person. Praise God. Now, if um, you now physically, physically, you're not a user of milk physically, even though you drink milk with your cornflakes, with your tea, with your coffee. You drink milk, but you're not using Why do I? What do I mean by you're not using milk? I mean that if I tell you, come and carry this, that thing now, you can carry that thing. The strength you need to carry that thing, milk can never give you that strength. So milk is not useful to carry that weight. But it's meat that you've eaten. That is useful to carry that what? That weight. Now, when I bring now a baby of let's say nine months, now that baby is not just a drinker of milk. That baby is a user of milk. And in fact, there will be a time when you begin to give that baby a little bit of meat, but they are not as a user of meat yet. They are still a user of milk. So every food has its strength. What that means is that every food has what it can do. Milk has what it can do. It has its limitation. It's okay. That's fine. But there will be a time when you, are, you should now have need of meat and consume meat for another dimension of what works or be able to do things. Let's read on. It says that for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is what? A babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age and those who by reason of use have, have their senses exercised to discern what both good and evil. So something is very clear here that the use of food or the use, when you're seeing how they are characterizing use, physically I said use is like carrying something. But the use of food spiritually is discernment. Do you get that? The use of food in spiritually is what? Is discernment. And the, and the height of discernment is discernment of good from evil. 
Do you get what I'm trying to say? Discernment of what? Good from what? Evil. So, the reason to feed spiritually is to rise with what? Why? Because discernment is key to salvation. What did I say? Discernment. What is the meaning of discern? Discern is being able, being able to divide. Discernment is whenever you are handing a matter that is mysterious. Mysterious in the sense that what is the difference between a mystery? Something that is mysterious is not the same thing as something that is hidden. Something can be hidden but not mysterious. Do you agree? Something can be hidden but not what? Mysterious. Something can be hidden but not what? Mysterious. Praise God. In, there are different levels of, of unveiling, revelation, operation of the Holy Spirit in a Christian as you, from when you get born again to when you begin to grow. Praise God. Now, the, I'm not talking about the teaching ministry of the Spirit of God because teaching ministry of the Spirit begins from the first food, which is the milk of the Word. Now, the purpose of the milk of the Word is to bring, to teach you hidden things. In fact, every ministry of the Spirit, if it's not hidden, you don't need the Holy Ghost to teach you. <laughs> you get what I mean? You just figure your own natural sense, you just know. Ah, uh, this one is not good. This one is not is 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 bad. You you divide at that level with your natural sense. Even an unbeliever can make their own division based on certain things. But when the when you get born again and the Holy Ghost begins to teach you, the Holy Ghost begins to teach you. First of all, the first level of tutelage of the Spirit of God is at the level of the milk of the Word, which is also a season of a kind of a revelation. But it's not the revelation of mysteries. It's just the revelation of spiritual things. There are things that are thoughts, things that are hidden in the spirit, that you need spiritual help for you to be able to see them, for them to occur to you. But those things are not mysterious by nature. In other words, the things which the milk of the word will reveal toward a soul are not things that are what mysterious by what nature. If you ask me, what do you mean by mysterious? What is the meaning of that? What is then mysterious? When you want to calculate, what is mystery? Mystery is this, amen. Mystery is anything that a natural man cannot comprehend. Anything that what? Just... Anything that a natural man cannot what? Comprehend without supernatural help is a mystery. Now, if you ask me, then what are things that are hidden, which is another, le- which is the first level? Things that are hidden are just, are just are things which someone needs spiritual help to find. Do you agree with me? Things which someone needs what? An example of something that someone needs spiritual help to find is faith. Faith is the beginning of mystery. Say faith. Faith. Is the word? 
or not, not mystery, it's the beginning of mystery, but I'm talking about it's the beginning of things that, that what? Things that are beyond the, just the pure, in the domain of just the natural, right? Faith, things that have to do with faith are not natural to the natural man. Faith is unnatural to the natural man. Praise God. Faith is what? Unnatural to the what? To the natural man. So, the Holy Spirit, now, talking about the, I want to start from the milk of the world just to build up the thought. Um, praise God for tonight. Now, in the milk of the word, um, the purpose of the milk of the word, say milk of the word. The milk, the milk of the word. Now, the milk of the word is, is like an introduction, right, for something. Like I said, it's an introduction to bring a soul to a place of comprehension of mysteries in God. In the book of Isaiah 28, let's read it quickly. I think you guys have already read all these verses, so you should be familiar with them, right? Yeah. You, you, you guys read all these verses. Praise God. Isaiah 28, quickly, from verse 9. It says that, Whom shall he teach knowledge? Praise God. Now, this is a very, to, to you, it might seem like a very straightforward question or statement, but it's not. To me, it's loaded. To me. He's saying that who will he teach knowledge? Whom will he teach? What I'm seeing, I'm talking about, I'm seeing it as who will he, who will he teach the, when he says knowledge, I see knowledge as, it's like a world, it's like a realm, it's like, Amen. When you think of knowledge as where the seven spirit, the operation of the seven spirit is arriving, it's ascending into. You know, the seven spirit is a, their spirit of ascension, spirit of raising a soul. Wisdom, revelation, counsel, mind, the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's, the, that's where it's ascending, taking a soul into. So knowledge is actually something a soul climbs into. In Noah. See? When the Bible says knowledge, knowing, know, knowing, this knowing of Scripture, the knowing of Scripture is not the knowing of reading books. Praise the Lord. When the Bible talks about the knowledge of God, when it says, they that don't know their God, they shall be strong. They shall be strong and they shall do exploits. That word exploit means they will become explorers in the spirit by knowledge. Praise the Lord. Those who have come into the, the gift of knowing. Not everybody has arrived at the gift of knowing. The gift of knowledge. Praise the Lord. The gift because there is so much that Satan has done. For thousands of years. Thousands of years. Satan has been crafting the world. This, including his systems. Even his attitude. The, the ways of men. The thought. The tangent of men's thought. How men think. Amen. Even going into the culture and the traditions of men to shape men against knowledge. Are you getting what I'm saying? To shape men, make man students of the creature rather than the creator, according to Romans. Wow. 
They make, make men worshippers of the creatures because worship is also knowledge. Rather than the creator. So you see, the world around us, which has been, there's been investment by the enemy in this present world. When I say the world, I'm not just talking about the physical, material world. When I say the world, I'm talking about the, the, the design, the design that humanity, the design on way of living that humanity has found and, and has settled as home. That this whole, this whole thing, what I mean by world is that when you come to a natural, a normal person and say, ah, the doctor just comes and says, you did a test, you have only five weeks to live. And then cry will break out and they start weeping. Now, what, what I mean by world is that thing that is making them cry. Are you getting my sense? It's hard to explain what I mean by world because the wisdom that created it is the high spirit, Satan. The world is something that you should be living in. It should be your breath, but you should not know it's there. It should be, just be your normal way of existence. It's just the world. The world. Where, where is the world self? You're looking for it. Is that, is that, is that quote? Is it called the world? Is it this, this, this world? Where is the world? Is it my school? Is it my work? Is it my... Praise God, because if you say, no, I'm not going to school anymore, the world is still there. Say, no, I'm not going out anymore. I'm going to stay in my house and, and just, I will just be eating carrots every day. That's all I'll be doing. The world is still there. But the world is, a, is, a, is, that, is that lover. It's a lover. That is a lover that has married the soul of men that make men settle. Now when, you say, when you say God to a soul who loves the world, he doesn't like God. He says, God? No God. Ah. When you say God, they have to go and gather themselves. Okay, God. Ah. <laughs> to pray. All right, it's now time to pray. Mm. God. <laughs> it means that God is not natural to man. So, what is the word? That thing that married love of soul that they are home, home with. Thank God for John's life. John was able to define it. What a, what a wisdom. What a man. What a person. What a light. Love not the world and the things that are in the world. They now say these are the things that are in the world. What kind of a height must he be at to tell you these are the things that are in the world though? Go and try and summarize them. You can't find them outside these things, man. These are the things that are in the world. Let me name them for you. They are called the lost of the eye. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life. You know, it takes a high, a high sight in the spirit to give such a definition of what the world is. So it means that the world is a lust of men. That secret love. That thing that they love. They don't even know why they love it. The, the world is the ambience around the soul that tangent the soul away from God and the thoughts of God. And the feelings of God. Is that thing called the world that then define pursuit? Hey, achieve this now. Hey, go, go and get this now. Or project in the next five years, this is the next place you'll be. And the image is what? A class in society. Where you're pride of life. I get what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. So, see, that, that world, when you feel you've killed it, it's jumping out on the other side. When you tell the guy, no, okay, no, 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 don't go. That's a class thing. It's not good. Pride of life. Say, okay, I won't do it. No problem. What will happen when you come next week? Okay, um, there's this uh, 
other idea. In fact, this thing I'm thinking about right now, I'm just thinking about how to spread Christianity in East Africa. You know, we're going to take out, you know, we'll go there, build churches. We'll go, what's happening? It's just, who is talking? Because the world, so the world found out that you've detected him in this area. of. So he said, okay, no, there's another way we can. In fact, right now, in fact, in fact, in fact, you know what? We're just going to do the works of God. Are you, are you seeing what I'm trying to tell you? If you check your heart well, eh, this thing is inside there. Anybody that is telling me that you're a liar, you're a liar. You're, if you say that, if you say that, no, I just love God. We just it's a lie. You are lying. You are lying. Is that like you are lying or you are actually so ignorant? You are not able to look into the fountain of your thought, where it's flowing from. All, the, all the, our ambitions, what we are born in to do. Most of the things we're born to do are not because of God. It's either fulfilling a loss somewhere or a pride somewhere. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Praise the Lord. So when they now say, like, okay, who will we teach knowledge? You now see what this knowledge is. They call it the knowledge of the holy, the knowledge of the separated. This knowledge now is talking about the, where the seventh spirit wants to make his soul ascend into. Because it's a twin. Knowledge is a twin of the fear of the Lord. It's a twin of the fear of the Lord. Because when you know him, you will fear him. The fear is not like morbid fear. It's more like fear means the, it's more of the vibration of the heart towards God. Response. Living a life nature. You know, think of the things you are alive to in that way. Then think of being alive to God in that way. There are some of us now, there are some phone calls you will get. Hey! What? What will happen? A phone call that touches where? But if they, if they give you a phone call that um, they, they say that, okay, the plan of God towards your salvation has shifted one more year, you will shake like that. <laughs> because you don't even know what it is. <laughs> because it, it be let nothing to you. Inside your heart of heart, that's God's business. You, you have your own business. Knowledge. knowledge. So they need to help us. When, you, when knowledge begins to open, you now begin to realize that you see all our business in this world, all the things we are busy with means nothing. Because when you come into the God's own thought of realm of thinking, it doesn't think about the things you care about. You see our economy of thought. Man, man's mind has a ball where he, he can never think outside that realm. Whether it's his money or his food or his house or his car or his child or his wife. I've seen things I mentioned. Man doesn't think outside that. But before, before those things ever existed, God has been thinking. For ages. What has he been thinking about? It means there are things beyond the things that you think about. 
Say knowledge. knowledge. So when they say, whom will he teach knowledge? They are talking about who will they grant privilege? Yeah. Yeah. And who, who, who are they going to save out of the mundaneness of their existence, the, the uselessness of, and the vanity of their life? Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So it's very clear, this knowledge is not something that occurs to men. <clears throat> this knowledge is what Jesus was learning while he was on the earth. Why young men around his age were having ambition, like the rich young ruler, gaining influence, gaining political influence. Even when Jesus had his own disciples, disciples were saying, look, when will this kingdom land? You know, they thought that it's time to go to Herod, Palace. Herod, I am the king to come. It's time to evacuate your palace right now and give it to the king of kings. They were thinking Jesus would go that way, but Jesus was walking the earth. He was gaining knowledge of another, another realm entirely. Dealing with matters of his father. What his father thinks about. What his father sees as his father judges. What the father does, do it. So does the son likewise. Of course, the father is not a carpenter, so he's not talking about his carpentry work that he was doing. So what is the father doing that he's seeing the son do? So it's clear that a man can be on the earth, even though you are living normally, but have a different vocation. It's called an upward vocation. Paul called it the high calling of God in Christ. It's a calling. It's a profession. He spoke about Jesus as the high priest of our profession, another profession that men cannot see. When you are going to school, you are sitting in class with somebody else, you're writing an exam, but you can have a profession they don't know about because they cannot see it. They don't even know there's another profession on the earth. I mean, men don't know there's another profession higher than eating, excreting, giving birth to children, marrying, and giving, being in marriage, and all of that. Men don't know there's anything more than that. But this thing called knowledge, see, whom will he teach knowledge? Is the raising of the of consciousness of men beyond things that will pass away. This is the this is what they've committed to the church. See what what this thing called church on the earth. And if you know God's thoughts about the church, what God wants the church to be, the church is all, the Bible calls it. Was speaking to Timothy that you should know how to conduct yourself in the church of God, which is the pillar and the ground of truth. Concerning the church, they prophesied in Isaiah chapter 2 that the Lord, mountain of the Lord's house will come to pass. Shall be lifted above all the mountains and above every hill. And then all nations but, will come to it. Not because the church has money. Because all nations will have all money. Not because the church has anything that the nations don't have physically. They will say, but come, let us go to the house of God. To the house of the God of Jehovah. For he would what? Teach us his, his ways. Are you getting what I'm saying? So for them to come to the house of God, to, to the God of Jacob, to learn his ways, it means that the church must have become a custodian. Must have become custodians of what? Ways. Say ways. Ways. Stop an average preacher today and ask him, sir, what, is the, what are the ways of God? Or an average tongue-talking believer. 
and say, sir, please, can you tell me what are the ways of God? What they will tell you will be funny things. Well, God's ways, don't preach, don't, don't sorry, don't steal, don't backbite, don't praise God. They say, okay, are those the ways of God? So, so in God's heart, it's just don't steal, well, don't backbite against the Holy Spirit. Don't bab- Holy Spirit, don't backbite against Jesus. Don't steal Jesus' things. When Jesus keep his shoe, Holy Ghost, don't take his, his, don't take his shoe. God the Father will say, Holy Ghost, we don't smoke, we don't drink. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, let me tell you. See, um, you have to you have to elevate. We have to be able to make this this thing very clear. You know what I mean. You have to be able to to paint that there is a separation between the knowledge of God and what men know. God Himself said it. Isaiah 55, he said, my ways are not your ways, neither are my thoughts your thoughts. See, as high as the heaven is from the earth, so I'm not the one just talking. You say, ah, this guy is just hyping, making things difficult. No. He said, as high as the heaven is from the earth, so are my ways from your ways, and my thoughts from your thoughts. If you think it's near, now go and measure the distance from heaven to the earth and come and tell me. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Now, what I'm saying today is to, is, to, is to bring about a meekness. There's a meekness that you need to have. What is a meekness? Is that man has to come to a point where he realizes, that, look, I actually don't know anything. Until the church gets to that point that, thank God we know how to pray. That's not it. That's not the knowledge of God. We can pray, we can fast, we can do programs, we can do all kinds of things, miracles, and that's not the ways of God. We need to come to meekness. Because there is none of those things that the enemy doesn't have an answer to. In fact, you get to a point where a preacher will do one miracle, devil will do ten. You can you see another preacher who you know that this one, this one sleeps in the shrine. He has native doctor where he gets powers from. He will come and do ten miracles. Is it money? What will you give Christian? What, what's the, what's the, what is it? Oh my God, it's so powerful. It can make you millionaire. You see guys like all those boys in Silicon Valley. Which God? They don't need God. Go and look at their bank account. Some of them are massing all the money of everybody in the world. They want to take everything without God. <laughs> Do you see? So you see how the things we've surrounded, we've, we've, we've interpreted Christianity as. It's not what it's about. It's not about those things. Praise the Lord. Amen. So whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Praise God. So knowledge, who will he teach knowledge? And who will he make to understand doctrine? Is them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from where? That have been drawn from the breast. From precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line, here a little, and then what? There a little. Praise God. So, 
they need to wean them from milk and draw them from the breast, praise God, before they can begin to teach them this thing called what? This thing called knowledge, and then to bring the understanding of what? Of doctrine. When I want to speak about understanding of doctrine here, doctrine here doesn't mean what we do in our own church or religion. So you know our doctrines that we don't wear skirts, that's not what doctrine means in the New Testament. Doctrine is not what they said when you go on the website of your church, what we believe. We believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. We believe that that's not doctrine. Praise God. The doctrine, John referred to doctrine. Um, you see, he spoke first about the doctrine of Christ in the book of 1 John. That he, anyone who abideth not, who transgresseth, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ is what? Is, has not. Let's read it. The book of 1 John. God help me. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. First John chapter three, let's see. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Whosoever transgressed. So, oh, sorry. That's Second John. I'm sorry. That's Second John, chapter, <coughs> chapter nine. Amen. Chapter one, verse nine. Yes. Um, Second John, one, verse nine. It says that whosoever transgressed and abided not in the doctrine of Christ hath not what God. But he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, then hath both what? The Father and the Son. So it's very clear that doctrine is something that can, that first of all you can abide in. And abiding in it can make you have the Father and have the Son. Are you seeing having the Father? And then what? Having what? The Son. You know, we've not talked about these things a lot. Praise God. Many of times we don't, we don't ask ourselves these things in the church, what it means. Like, what does it mean to have the Father? You know, we've said that when you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit. Right? And then we've also incorrectly said that, well, Jesus lives in your heart. Jesus does not live in someone's heart like that. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Jesus is, that there's a way that he can live in your heart. But the Bible doesn't talk about Jesus personally living in someone's heart. Right? It talks about rather someone can have the nature of Christ and of the Son of God of the Father. So it's actually their nature that abides. So it's very clear that doctrine uh, is the knowledge 
of those persons. When the Bible speaks about doctrine, the doctrine in Christianity, doctrine is the knowledge of those persons. The persons who Christians have been raised to come and know. Right? The doctrine is the knowledge of the nature of who? Of this person. So when it says, whom will he teach doctrine? Right? Is who will he teach the nature of doctrine actually begins from the person of Christ. The doctrine of Christ. They now talk about the doctrine of the Father. They have the word, the doctrine of God. Doctrine. Say doctrine. 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 Now, so these, these beings are the entities which they want us to know. So, and these persons are mysterious in nature. Praise God. Yeah. Now, if Isaiah 28 say that in order to learn doctrine, to have knowledge, who will he teach knowledge? And then who, who will understand doctrine? You must first be weaned from milk. It means that milk is not the giving of doctrine. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Wow. I don't know if you are seeing what I'm, what I'm seeing here. That milk is what will prepare you first for the giving of doctrine. So it means that the doctrine of these entities, praise the Lord, is the revelation of their nature. But in the milk of the world, you don't have the revelation of the persons of God in the milk of the world. But the milk of the world is the preparation forward the revelation of those persons. So anybody who is a champion of the milk of the world, just, and that's what you have. When I say that's what you have, I mean that's what you are using. Remember, what you are using. And then usage, we tied usage to discernment. Judgment. Do you get what I'm saying? So, a champion of the milk is not yet a user of the persons, of the nature of the persons of God. Do you agree with what I'm trying to say? I'm not, this is not controversy. This is just the scripture. This is very, very clear. So what does milk do? Milk exposes the heart to gives the heart the ability to begin to see spiritual things. Not everything that is spiritual is God. Do you agree with me? <laughs> Not everything that is what spiritual is what? It's God. You can know many things spiritually, but you don't know anything about God. You see, God and his Christ, those are two beings who are also in the spirit. As there are other many beings in the spirit. Other things they've created. They created the physical um, world. And they also created the spiritual world as well. But milk is the tuning of a soul to begin to be spiritual. A soul before that only knows beans. Amala. Naira. Dollars. What else? Pounds. 
right? Shirt, shoe, car, aeroplane. Praise God. That doesn't think about anything spiritual. Milk is the introduction to spiritual things. Or, let me put it more accurately, milk is actually the introduction to spiritual thinking. Taking spiritual thought. That's what milk is. Do you agree with what I'm trying to say? Uh-huh. Praise God. So when, so in the season of the milk of the word, and I said spirituality um, begins, invisible things, spiritual things begins from the cause of relating and thinking about spiritual things is what we call the or the attitude of that, or that the process of that, is what you call faith. That without faith, it's not possible to, for a soul. A soul cannot take a spiritual thought without faith. Do you get what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Now, when you, if you want to summarize the milk of the word, the summarizing, the milk of the word is the introduction to faith. Faith, faith attitude, faith thinking, faith response. Faith. So, one of the great champions of the milk of the word in the modern era with the Lord sent was Reverend Kenneth Hegan of Blessed Memory, right? was the champion of the milk of the world. He's the one who made us realize that milk actually <laughs> has his own curriculum. Praise God. And the Lord used him to download the content of the curriculum of the milk of the world. Right. And then when the Lord was actually speaking to him and the Lord was giving him commission, what did God say to him? The Lord Jesus, when he appeared to him, he told him, go and teach my people faith. That was the commission of Reverend Kenneth Higgin for all his life was go and teach my people faith. So it means that milk is equal to faith, right? Do you agree with what I'm trying to say? In everything about me, and he taught many things, taught about the believer's authority, how to be led by the Spirit of God. Amen. He taught about prayer and intercession. Amen. He taught about everything, taught about love. In, but you see, in the milk of the world, you find something that is actually to teach, to introduce the soul to another way of, another way that, to, is to tell the soul that, you see this natural life you are living in here, there's another realm. And in that realm, there's another economy in that realm, another economy of thought, another economy, there's another place where things matter differently than just the, this present world. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Now, if you think about, for example, um, deliverance from maybe demonic doctrines, I don't call them doctrines, but whatever, those things are. You know, Africans, <laughs> amen. We're Africans, right? Most of us are here Africans. Um, that thing, we have that thing. <laughs> it's just because of where, what our ancestors, you know, they ruled with those guys a lot. 
<laughs> Amen. You know how the in the Western world here the when they think of witchy, witch, witches, it's like cartoon, you know what I mean? It's like <laughs> fiction or something. But to many of us here, it's not fiction, you know what I mean? It's actually. <laughs> Praise God. Now, now a person who, somebody who, let's say, is, suffers from maybe some kind of demonic oppression, and demons are bad, they are very, very bad. Once they get somebody's attention, and you don't have answer to them, they can do things and oppress. Praise God. Now, for a person to rise above any kind of demonic oppression, like someone tells you, ah, there's one tree in your, in your village, your father's compound, in the back where they, they, they tied your destiny, the destiny of yourself and your generations here to unborn. So you have to, maybe a prophet say, you have to go back there, find that tree, dig it up. Now, you know what I mean? All those kind of things. Praise God. Now, very clearly, milk of the world should deal with those things. Am I correct? And, and what is the milk of the world? Just teaches just to believe as authority. Why? Because, just because you are born again, you belong to, G, to Jesus. You are Christ in your spirit. And by virtue of just being that, like Jesus Christ said, that these signs shall follow them that believe. That even in my name they will cast out devils, shall speak in new tongues. They will take up serpent. That if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. Are you seeing all those things? Just simple stuff like that. But you have to believe them. Now, I see all of those things I mentioned. Now, none of those things have anything to do with the nature of God and of the Father and of Christ. You get what I mean? Coming to a place where you can, by faith, take hold of that authority which you have in Jesus' name. Praise God. And stand in that authority. And because by standing in that authority, you can break any influence of any demonic spirit. Not by praying and fasting, no. Jesus did not say that them that believe shall fast and pray and then demons will no, no. He didn't say that. He just said that they shall follow them. This sign is a sign. What is, a, what is a sign? A sign is something that's telling you about something that's already there. Right? It's not, saying go, it's not saying go and make it happen. No, it's a sign. It's just a sign. It's just a sign of something that has happened. <laughs> Do you agree with that? What's the sign? It's a sign of what? It's not, it's not these things shall follow them that pray very well. No. No, it's not these things that follow. They're just telling you that the things that, that will follow people who believe. Who are believers. So a believer can cast out a devil. Hey, devil, go. It's not that the believer has to go and do spiritual gym and then fast. No, no, no. It's just, say, just saying that, hey, devil, it's time to go now. You, can, you have to go. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Now, when they say devil, they're not talking about Lucifer. That's not the devil. You cannot cast, you cannot cast Lucifer out. <laughs> Praise God. Devils, right? Not Lucifer, son of the morning. When you say, when you try to cast Lucifer, son of the morning, Lucifer, I cast you out right now. I'm ready to just follow Jesus all the days of my life. You say, okay. Praise God. You can't cast him out. Why? Because he doesn't even... You see, even if you cast him out, you say, okay, I'm going. But he knows that his presence is not the issue. How many of you, you feel like he's living in your house every single day? That's, and that's your problem. No, it's not, he doesn't need to be there. 
how he has how he has kept men down are his works in men. Men's men I what men are in bondage to is not headlock. Lucifer is holding my Lucifer leave my soul right now. I want to go. That's not how Satan stop. That's not the way he's holding us. Amen. He said, no, I don't. He said, no, you must sin right now. No, I'm not sinning. I want to follow Jesus. Oh, my course. Amen. That's not the way Lucifer is holding guys down. Amen. The way, the way he's holding us down is just that he has, he's done his own thing. He's in his own place where he is. But the things he created, we love them with our soul and we can die for them. So that's why even God cannot just come and deliver you from him in one day. When God is coming to do you, you will fight God. God, all these are these are my things. No, 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 no. These are, these are, my... are you getting what I'm saying? What are those things that he has given us to keep? Lost of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the what? And the, and the pride. Are you getting, are you getting a sense? Now all of us who are seated here now think of your own pride. Just think of don't forget about everybody else. Just think about your own pride. I, I, why are you guys acting as if you don't know what I'm talking about? Just do like this, you'll see it is there. <laughs> is it far away from you? Don't you see it every day? You check it, your own pride. Your own portion of pride of life, which you are you are maintaining every single day. Just check it. You see that thing? That's Satan's baby. Just is sitting comfortably. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now see what, what heaven has to do just to try and get to that thing and break it. All the word, all the preaching, all the messages. But many of us who are seated here, that thing is still what? Some of us, it instructed us, but today we've, done, we've already done some quick things for it. You just, um, we need to just put some things in order just to make sure we are okay. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> what? Your pride. All the little things that we have hidden so that the other guys, your brethren, will not know. But if they, if they know, is a, you've, you've hurt that pride. That pride, you must be okay. How are you? That's how we treat, that's how we treat our pride. And then when we come, we will go, Lord, Lord, bless you, dear. And then we go have some tongues, we come interpretation sometimes through us and everything. And then we we'll go home and all that. What, what, we will check it. Ah, is this still there? Yeah. <laughs> Our pride and the, the lost. What's the lost? The image of who you want to be. You get me some somebody someone like that now wants to cast out Lucifer. Lucifer is not even fighting you in the first place. He's where he is. But what? He has sold something to you that you are keeping with your own strength and with your own energy. Amen. Uh-huh. So that so that devil is not the one we're talking about now. So that one is called D. Satan. D. D. You want to say the devil. That was the doer of evil. That's the devil. That's Lucifer. But now, when they, say, when they are talking about devils, devils are actually small guys. Devils are lower than principalities and power, might, dominion, and all those guys, spiritual weakness in high places. Devils are also are the ones who, who are just 
who, who can't do anything but just evil. <laughs> evil. The evil at a level. An evil which can affect a f- flesh. Someone who is not spiritual. That's what demons. So those devils are actually demons. Demonic spirits. So if someone who is, just has the milk of the world can cast them out by just authority, like Jesus did. When Jesus was just approaching, they were crying, oh, please don't kill us. Jesus said, okay, what happened? They did not even suggested. Okay, Jesus, is there a, there's a swine over there. Can we just go <laughs> to this swine? Amen. Now, Jesus had not fasted for like to have power over demons. No, that's not. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But as soon as he was just coming, they could see. You don't know that many of you are like that. Yes. You don't know. They don't know. The reason why demons don't shake like that when you are coming is because they know you can't discern them. So it's, so it's unlikely you will, you will take action against them. Demons are not powerful. Demons are small things. A thought can cast out a demon. Just a thought can cast out a demon. A demon can just be talking to you right now. Your friend just goes, hey, how are you? The demon has taken off. Does that slap on your leg? Shift your thinking. The demon is out. He can't stay. For example, demons of lust and demon that affects mind. You know, praise the Lord, that leads to all the sexual sins. Fornication, masturbation, all of all those things. Those who are engaged in pornography and those, those are just demonic things. It's not, that's not Lucifer. That's not, <laughs> Lucifer's goal is not to make someone hooked on pornography. What's the meaning of that? That's not, it's, praise God. It's demons who do such things. And the reason why they do such things is, number one, the, the guilt that that will, that will produce in a soul is to, that it will eventually lead to some kind of separation, inability to flow with God. That's what. It's not that Satan is dancing, wow, he's watching, he watched five hours of porn today. Kingdom of darkness, hey, we have accomplished a great task. That's not, that's not what they celebrate. <laughs> but there's a way religion will make you feel like that's all the goal. The goal of Jesus is to make you stop watching <laughs> Yeah, no, that's not the thing. Those things are just, those are just little, little things that demons use. Amen. When someone is captivated by lust physically, like those demons of lust, praise the Lord, and they plague young people especially. Well, let me tell you guys something. Those, those demons of lust that come as, wow, you are born to be lustful. This is our world. We own you. You own us. We are one. You know, when people when someone get married, they all drive away. Marriage cast them out. <laughs> Once they say, Do you take this man to be your lovely wedded husband? <laughs> they all the people they look at each other. Man. Amen. They will look for the nearest young person in the congregation. (laughs) 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 You know, you know, guys, I think as young people are like, all these things. Amen. You see my people that, that pray, where is that lost? That lost. I just want to. 
Why? Because marriage has casted out sexual things. You now need fire of the Holy Ghost to... <laughs> you don't have knowledge. Look at little spirits. When you see someone, you know, it's caught with know, those spirits and all, pornography and all of those things. Sometimes you don't need prayer. Phone call can cast them out. Just phone ringing. Just phone ringing and just who's on the other side? Maybe your, your Christian brother. Hey, brother, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. Just I'm fine. Hearing their voice has, done, has casted out that spirit. You come to your senses. Ah, what am I doing? Is a, a demon just fled? They're not. They're not strong at all. These demons are not strong. It's just that they quickly move into the body and create habits and create a pathway of behavior that make you always come around that thing. But they are not powerful. They, what really contend against men are spirits. I call them architects of life. They don't possess people. They don't do, they don't, they're not in your village buried in your destiny and all that, no. They are, they, they are the one that make you see, think of what to be. Ah, the future. The future, wow. You see the future, it's so bright. Why is, it so, why is the future so bright? You're looking at your education. You're looking at your career. You're looking at your trajectory. You know how many promotions are left for you to get to that spot? And you, will do, and you will do anything in your life. If Jesus wants to come around that area to shift you out of that trajectory, ah, no, you, you will fight that. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. Another aspect of milk of the world is like Mark 11. I think, I'm sure you guys have touched on that. Mark 11, where Jesus was teaching. Jesus was just teaching the disciple, all the guys around him, telling him, look, there's another way about getting things done. Right? So that if any of you shall say unto this mountain, be thou moved and cast into the sea, I shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that whatsoever he said shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he said. At Mark 11, chapter 24, is. Jesus was just teaching another way. He wasn't teaching them. You see, everything Jesus said up there, he had nothing to do with the nature, his own nature, the nature of his father, the nature of Christ. No. Just whosoever. Go and read whosoever. Whosoever shall. He didn't even say they must be born again because nobody was born again. It's not. <laughs> so you see some of the things that we claim as Christians. No, we have power in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. See, those things we shout, name of Jesus to get. Many unbelievers have them without shouting, Name of Jesus. Yeah. Name me one thing that you've shouted name of Jesus to get that I can't show you an unbeliever who has more. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So let me tell you, so when Jesus was teaching about receiving by faith, it's not about getting things. People have, are so, are you getting what I'm saying? People have so bastardized Christianity and all that. It's not about that. He was just teaching a principle that whosoever shall say. So this man, the man that moved, cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart. That's the teaching there. But believe it. That whatsoever he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. The real emphasis that Jesus was trying to teach there is not in having whatsoever you said. It's in it's faith. Faith. Teach men that 
you can get things through another method. But it's not about the things you will get. It's about the method. Because that method is a foundation. It's another way. So the summary, the purpose of the milk of the world is to invoke a faith attitude. Someone who, who only calculates to get things in life. When you come into the area of milk, you're not going to tell you, okay, don't just calculate now. Pray about it and believe God for it. But we bastardize that teaching to think that it's about getting the thing. So you now see Christians that will pray. When it's not coming, they will not go and do other things to get it. But the, the public praying and then receiving by faith, which is a, a, an important curriculum of the milk of the world, is to install an attitude. What is the attitude? How to get things from the spiritual. Now, when you are in the area of milk, the things you are getting from the spiritual is not the nature of God. It's not God or the Father. It's not their knowledge. You are getting actual, you can get natural things through a spiritual means. How to get your needs met. How to pray the prayer of faith. How to believe God for things. Those were central things that even Kenneth Hagin taught in his messages. And in the word of faith, you find in the word of faith, this is centered around all those things. The word of faith teaching, you see a lot of emphasis on faith. You have people like Dadio who is still holding on to that word now, and thank God for him. And because of him, he's able to raise faith guys. When I see any of Yedipo's son, I'm, I'm happy. Why? Because I just see, I see when you see Yedipo's sons, it's hard to find an Yedipo's child who cannot flow easily into a world of righteousness into the meat of the world. It's hard to find them. Once that world opens, they can easily flow. Why? They are used to, they are used to their heart transacting with spiritual economy to receive things out of the spirit. All you just need to tell is now understand, okay, now use that, use faith to receive something else. That really, the word of faith is to train you on how to be receiving things from the spirit. But what you are called to receive are not things in the physical. So when you are, they are winning you from milk, they will now begin to ask you, who will they teach knowledge? Who will they cause to understand doctrine? You can ask that question concerning somebody who has not yet learned the basics of what? Of what? So this is one thing I want to speak to everybody about. If we can just, because time is gone, so we couldn't even go into most of the things that we want to go into tonight, but um, this is one thing you have to really check. Um, you have to know that the, what the Lord wants to build in you will never be built without a foundation of faith. So, so if I can just summarize, I'm trying to summarize maybe that milk of the world, what it's really about. Now, check it. Any area of milk, maybe in the messages from Pastor Tolo, my wife, and has been coming, that is, ah, I've been failing in this area. Check that area. What's at the, what's at the bottom of your failure in that area? Is that in that area you've not learned how to, to have a faith response? Concerning things. You've not learned how to have what? 
how to have faith response concerning things. Praise God. When you begin to learn how to live by faith, I still remember my days of being under the milk of the word and being under faith. When you learn faith, well, even under the milk of the word, naturally, your heart will be raised above just things because the way God is designing is that in trying to use faith to get things, you will realize that faith itself is a treasure. <laughs> you will discover. And that's how, if when you are being doing, you are doing it well, not just materialism. Materialism is an abuse of the milk of the world, where you take the focus from faith to what faith wants to give you. That's materialism. It's not the same. But the true milk of the world is the word of faith. Where it's really about faith. How to, how to muster faith. How to generate faith response in life. And you begin to gain exploits of faith. Amen. Back then, you get to, praise God. When you see guys who are really into milk, milk of the world, are into, into the word of faith, after a while, they become everything is about faith. When you're drinking, what are you drinking in by faith? <laughs> Amen. Back then when we were in school, it's a thing. You don't want to just be reading and passing. No, there has to be faith involved. Faith. What, what, what is the faith involved? Let, let God be revealing to you things about, God can reveal to you about your, your study. When, when I take a call, when I go to a class back then in university, my first day of class, and the, 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 the professor will give the, the sheet of paper of the syllabus, what is to be learned, what you need to cover, and everything. Now, I have to then, I'm, I'm asking, when I see it, I'm asking God, you have to reveal to me, what does this lecturer want from me? Wow. You know, in the course, there are many things you can read, you can read all the volumes, but it doesn't mean that <laughs> you do well. What actually will make you pass is when you have an insight somehow into what he, the lecturer wants to see, to guide your heart into how to read. There's a way you can just read by strength, your cerebral intensity and all of that. That's not the way. You know, discover that even in reading study, there's faith there. In school, there's faith there. In walking, how you walk, there's faith there. The wisdom. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's just an attitude. So word of faith did that. Even in terms of how to get a job, amen. I think I've shared some stories about different things. Leading, leading. Once I just... After I got born again, the Lord brought me to a rugged faith human being. Now, that one is crazy about faith. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't feel you can breathe without leading. You can't just breathe anyhow. That air you are breathing right now, were you? <laughs> Sorry, I'm joking. That's, I'm exaggerating, but I want to give you a sense. I want to give you a sense. You must pray. You must hear from God. You must pray. You must hear from God. Of course, it wasn't about meat of the world. It wasn't about knowing God. But it's about an attitude. That don't do it the way the pagans are doing it. It's not about that. It's about it's a heritage. It's a way of life. Living by faith. You know, after school is ending, time for someone, okay, what is God saying now concerning your job? What are you gonna work? Are you gonna are you gonna saying? Even getting getting a job, then you don't just go and send out resume. Bleeding. I I mean I go to a point where I have to pray about it. I, have to, I know how many resumes I'm taking a certain day. When I take my resumes and I'm walking, I'm, I'm being led. You see me walking downtown. Hey, when I feel it in my heart, okay, go to that place. That's how I got my first internship. 
my first job in my field. I had one last resume. I was about to go home. But I just heard it inside. Wait, go to that place. As I was getting there, I was getting to the office, I was about to get inside. The door opened, and it was the regional operations manager who was coming out. I said, hey, who are you looking for? I said, oh, I'm a student. Okay. Give your resume to the secretary. So I just give the resume to the secretary. The next day, I got a call. They actually come in. He said, we've never done this before. We've never hired a co-op before. We've never hired a student in the history of this company before. They don't have a co-op program. They've never hired any students before. They've never even thought about it. Now, I, as I was going, at that moment, I met the only person who had the authority to authorize that kind of a thing was that woman. And she was just coming out of the building at that. At, are you get what I'm trying to say? That's just an example of what? Working, practicing. Now, it's not about the job. It's not about, it's about, it's what that is doing inside of you. Faith, see, faith can remove you from the earth. That's the purpose of faith. Like all those patriarchs of faith in the book of, of Hebrews. So what shall we say more of Gideon or Barak? Say, who through faith subdued kingdoms? All of those men. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, amen. So faith, is, faith de-emphasizes the natural and emphasizes the spiritual. It gives you an attitude. If you, are, if you fight with your roommate because of... What, why do people fight again? Why do roommates fight? What? They are chopping your egg. Uh-huh. I, why are you guys laughing? That's a very, 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 very... Praise God. Amen. Some of you have fought for less things. Don't laugh. Don't laugh as if you are, you are righteous. But we have kept malice for like weeks for very, very silly things. Now, someone who can keep malice and be angry with the, their roommate or whatever for something like that, what's, what does that tell you about you? It means you are living on the ground. You are living on what? You are living on the ground. It means that in all your inward calculation, there's nothing that, that could have advise you at some point that this thing is thinking, man. What's wrong with you? Are you okay? <laughs> so there was no point where you could come to your senses and look at yourself and say, what is wrong with you? Come on, go and say, go and say sorry. <laughs> That's how it's supposed to be. Right? Because you don't serve all the spiritual. Because any little thing, when you hold on to things in the natural, it's because your heart is not, is not at peace with, with, with sustainability and source coming from the spirit. You don't believe that there's a spiritual program about your life on the earth and a provision about everything concerning you. You feel you have to wrestle for everything and fight for everything. And sometimes what you are fighting for is your respect, your ego, the way they say it, how they talk to me, how do she say about me, how they, how they think about me, how they regard me. I see all those silly things. Yeah, so in the milk of the world, that attitude of faith is, the, is just the basic thing, ingredient you have as a Christian that makes you not hold on to just to natural things. Why? Because you feel and you know 
that you have access to another economy from which anything can come. From which anything in the natural can come. You won't be contending with people for mundane things. Where do wars and fights come from among you? It's not from the lust to have. They did not tie it to the asking and receiving. You ask and you don't receive. Why? You want to spend it on what? What is the meaning of asking and not receiving to spend it on your lust? Those who ask and don't receive because they don't ask in faith. Do you agree with that? They don't ask in faith. means they're just asking, but they're not asking with the attitude of faith. Because when someone is asking, when you really, really have faith, you don't ask lustfully in that sense. It's because you know that no means of yours will provide that thing. You are, you are trying to gain a provision from an, un, an unfinishable source. You, it's an attitude. It's a way, the milk of the world is awesome, it's wonderful, it's powerful. When you study Daddy Hagen, you see how he was transformed by living out of those, of those realities upon the earth. So you are seeing the kind of foundation that they want to begin to talk about Christ to. The nature of Christ. The nature of the Son of God. You know why? Because see those natures, you see those natures of those beings. Those natures are so, they are so intangible, eh? That it's very easy to say, what is even this thing? Why am I, what's the point of all this energy? This nature of Christ is so intangible. You can easily just not regard it. Are you getting the sense? So you can't teach somebody about the nature of Christ, the nature of Son, the nature of the Father, unless you have first prepared their heart to have a server, to actually have, a, to, for their heart to rise out of the earth and things that are physically tangible and be able to place real value on the spiritual. That their heart must actually believe that they are actually things in the realm of the spirit. Because by walking by faith, it has actually been proved to them they've gotten things by faith. God has done things by faith. So when you come to them that there are these beings in the spirit who want to teach you about their life and about their way, they can believe that. And they can, you can bring such people into the school of Christ or into the school of Revelation. That's where Paul, those are the kind of, of people that Paul was praying for as we close in Ephesians chapter 1. Let's just quickly read it and close from that place. Amen. Amen. I just hope you've been blessed today. I, uh, thank you, Father. Ephesians chapter 1, verse, from verse um, 15, it says, that wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Are you seeing those two things? Faith in the Lord Jesus and then what? Love unto what? All the saints. Faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. Those two things are like twins. Faith in the Lord Jesus is what elevates a soul to a point where they can love all the saints. Love for all the saints is love that can transcend natural barriers. Because saints are not naturally one. All the saints are ones who have unity in the spirit. Like we're all here right now. 
They're not from the same village or from the same state or anything. But where we find unity is in the spirit. There's something spiritual. In other words, what unites the saint is intangible. You need faith to perceive that and identify with such a unity. You see someone who doesn't have faith, when push comes to to shove, they will value their brother at home. You see this brother we're talking, brother, this brother, that, that, that thing. When push comes to shove, you know what I mean by push coming to shove? When, when, things, when life happens, <laughs> praise God, you might realize that you might not really be a brother. That yeah. they, they actually know who their brother is. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, that's one of the signs of somebody who hasn't journeyed. Yeah. One of the signs to me is someone, someone who hasn't journeyed is that. You see, spiritual brotherhood means nothing yet to them. The tie of the natural, like you saw in the book of Acts, right? After the Holy Ghost has come, season of the milk of the word has opened up before the season of word of righteousness. You see, when they are sharing food, you see that some of the Jewish guys will give their own people food, but they leave the other guys out of it, and trouble broke out. Because that was a defect in their love work. That thing called love to all the saints was defective. They now have to now bring men, seven men, full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. Wow. Like Stephen, like Philip and Co. They had to come and arrange balanced things. Wow. Because those guys, they became dead to their own what? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost yeah. in the season of what, the milk of the world makes you blind yeah. to natural definitions. It raises the heart. It takes faith to... To, to claim an old brotherhood with somebody who you didn't come from the same place to. But that brotherhood is deeper than the brotherhood of blood. That's an attitude of faith. Do you get what I'm trying to say to you? And so, see, faith in the Lord Jesus and then love to all the saints quickly. It says, Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your... Oh, I love this. I love this. You see this. You see the difference in this prayer? The knowledge of who? It's a different prayer. It's a different prayer. It's not the prayer of just knowing about things spiritually. So when I say, whom will he teach knowledge? Are you seeing what the knowledge is? That knowledge is? He's actually talking about the knowledge of persons in the spirit. So, so these guys were not just newly born again. They are people who have excelled in the milk of the world, bearing fruit of faith in the Lord Jesus and love towards all the saints. When Paul saw it, See, after I've heard of these things, of your faith and your love, I've heard of it and I never ceased to give thanks for that. And then making mention you in my prayers that who? The God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may then give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding. Who will he make to understand doctrine? Wow. Amen. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his. I listen to everything. Him. His calling. The riches of the glory of his inheritance. In the sense, the exceeding greatness of his power to us 
us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ. When, so they're talking about what he wrought in Christ now. Not faith in the Lord Jesus. They're talking about what was wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand. Fabo principalities and might and dominion and every name that is named, but not only in this world, but also that which is to come. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Are you seeing what I'm trying to say to you? Are you seeing this? These are important ingredients. You should be checking this thing in your heart constantly. Make sure you never fall below the standard. Faith. Make sure you never fall. Always check. Always check. Check your heart. Check your heart. Check your spirit. That was one of the favorite words of my mentor. Check your heart. Check your spirit. Check your spirit. Wait, just check your spirit. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? Because you can act outside of faith. That check your spirit is not saying check your spirit, man. It's just a, a, a lingo that's to, to, that is trying to tell you that. Try and can you shift? Are you in faith? Shift into faith. Shift into faith. Let's act from faith concerning this matter. Quickly, just shift. Check. Are you out of faith? Shift into faith. You should be able to do that. Don't just leave yourself like that and living anyhow and doing, causing problems all around and all kinds of things. Amen. When you stay too long in the flesh, you don't shift into the spirit. You'll be causing problems. Brethren will have to gather to solve all the problems that you are causing. And then you'll be arguing. And it's glaring. Amen. Amen. Come on. Come on. Come on. You are not in the spirit. Ma. Sir. Brother. Auntie. Sister, tell somebody, shift. Hey, shift into faith. Ah, if you know what he said, he said, hey, shift into faith. Ah, but why did he do that now? Why would he say that? Why would he shift? When you enter faith, you won't even remember that anything was said to you or anything was done to you. You won't bear offense. Just need to shift. Shift into faith. When you shift into faith, in that domain of faith, that's where you can hear knowledge. The problem with preachers that teach knowledge is that you are trying to teach people who are not in faith. When you throw the knowledge, it's coming to land on the ground. The soul is transparent. <laughs> the knowledge passes through. <laughs> because faith cannot, cannot carry it. Faith. Say faith. faith. I love what Paul said. He says, he says that by faith we know that the worlds were framed by the word of God. What is that word? Word means world are framed. He didn't say word were created. I love the word framed. Frame. Frame means faith is the frame. Have you seen the picture? It has a frame. I said faith is the facility where life is carried out. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So you need to have that frame. Tell someone, get that frame. Get the frame of faith. When you are in that frame of faith, you can allow the Spirit of God to paint pictures. You begin to paint the picture, the image. You begin to, to paint the image of the Son and the image of the Father. Once that frame, once your world has been framed by the Word of God. Amen. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Just begin to pray now. Because of time and just, just begin to ask the Lord for everything you've heard, whatever you've 
taking from this word tonight. Just begin to ask the Lord to make it yours. That you, you need help to help you to make it your own. You want this to be your reality. Whatever has ministered to you, whatever has blessed you, whatever aspect of these things you covet in your own life and in your own experience, just begins to ask the Lord for mercy, help to make these things your own reality. If you love this life, say, I want, I want to be this way, I want to live this way. Just ask the Lord, say, Lord, help me. Help me. Raise me into this place. Raise me into this place. See, Lord, I want to break through every time. Everything that has held me down, every affinity in my soul to the natural, every crippling attitude, everything that has handicapped my, my excelling in faith, everything that has fought my foundation that has fought my establishment in my faith walk. Help me, Lord. I want to overcome them. Help me to overcome them. Begin to ask the Lord now, ask the Lord, ask the Lord, ask the Lord to, to establish a foundation of faith in your heart. At any level, any part of this foundation of faith that is missing, this foundation upon which even the knowledge of Christ and the knowledge of God will be built upon, that the Lord will raise it up. Whatever is lacking, that this will be a time for anything that's lacking in your faith to be perfected ask for it ask for perfection of anything that is lacking in your faith whatever is lacking in your faith ask for perfection Oh, we thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father, we thank you tonight. We bless your holy name. Thank you for just speaking to us, just simply tonight, just speaking to us about the simple things, but very vital and very key and important. Lord, I ask for everyone who is under the sound of my voice that this will not just be words, but it will be a visitation of mercy. I ask God for empowerment, for perfection of anything lacking in the faith foundation. Even those simple attitude of faith, which our heart ought to be furnished with, in order to carry the weightier things which you have for us. I pray this, there will be a season of repair Amen. for every soul. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I ask that every heart will begin to see possibilities. Amen. The possibility to be fashioned after this order. Amen. That will completely rest in the order of faith. That this faith will be our own legacy too. That from now on, you will build us forward, upward. We'll begin to move forward in the name of Jesus. Thank you, our Father. There are things that have been named among us before that will never be named among us again. Thank you. This is not, this is the death of the mundane and the ephemeral and the carnal, and the worthless. Thank you because of the a fresh attitude of faith in our heart. The grace to esteem the spiritual. To serve the things that be of God. I ask you will grant to every heart in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that everything that needs to be in place in our heart to take the journey for this year. The journey of knowledge and understanding of knowing you and coming into the life which you have to give to us. But I pray that we will have what it takes within our soul to carry this life, even to prosper in it, and even to bear fruit. Thank you, our Father. Lord, I give all the glory to your name. Thank you for speaking and your spirit here with us and for understanding. I ask that Holy Ghost, you take this word and even to continue to minister it. Bring to our remembrance all that has been said. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. We bless you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.